0: Well, welcome, and thank you for tuning in here. My wife, Chelsea, and I are going to be interviewing some great farmer friends of ours that we met through the Everett Farmers Market. Both Nathan and Lindsay were farmers and neighbors next to us during the Everett Farmers Market season, and we got to have some great conversations together, and uh, now we get to... uh, interview them and get to know a little bit more about their story. So welcome to both Nathan and Lindsay. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to be here.
1: We're going to start with kind of like where are you at in your farm journey? What are you doing right now? What does farming look like in your lives at the moment?
2: Well, uh, Lindsay and I are currently... Uh, living and farming in Marysville, uh, actually on the Tulalip Reservation on a vegetable and livestock farm called Hogstead. And uh, it's been around for about 10 years uh, on 15 acres. Um, we do mostly pork and chicken, as well as uh, egg layers. And I'm the, uh, the vegetable manager Uh, for uh, that end of things as well
3: we're just here for a six-month uh farming season gig we're originally from st louis missouri and we are here um enjoying the pacific northwest for the first time wow that's probably is that a, a big climate difference between the two places definitely yeah um that's been a big adjustment and kind of a learning curve for us um just, we were actually surprised by how bright and sunny these Seattle summers are. We were expecting it to be rainy, but it's been a really dry, dry season so much that I feel like we're, we're in a bit of a drought on our farm. The hot summers are kind of our, our secret.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's definitely drier, though. It's, uh yeah, Missouri is just a very wet heat, and the, the, the season starts pretty early, it. it Definitely seems to be a slow crawl into summer, but it's, yeah, it's been a lot of uh, adjustment for sure.
1: Okay, great. Well, so that's where you're at now, but um, kind of what brought each of you to farming? Did you have similar journeys or different? What was your, your path to get here?
2: Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities, um, but I guess uh, I'll talk about yeah a little bit of my professional background. I was originally an engineer and uh, worked in the the paper industry. It was a pretty short career. I didn't really uh, enjoy <laughs> uh, what I was doing and um, just was really looking for alternative ways to live in community and, and just to create an alternative lifestyle to the normal corporate track. Um, so I promptly quit my job and uh, became a yoga teacher. And that really allowed me to focus more on myself and and looking for what wellness, you know, looks like, what health is and where that comes from personally. But I I think that eventually kind of swung back into farming and just finding more of a a community-based and practical application beyond myself uh, on how to, like, create wellness and, and
3: health for sure. Being a farmer. I also um, came into farming through health, but um, more through actually through sickness than health. I um, About 10 years ago, I became very sick and it took a, a really long time to get diagnosed with Lyme disease. It took about seven years. And through that time, I really saw the underbelly of the healthcare system and how disconnected it was from food and nutrition and really had to do all that learning on my own, um, not from doctors, just from my own education. Um, and I became really interested in the correlation between our gut health, which really houses our immune system and the health of our soil, um, which led me to start growing my own food. Um, and which led me to here to Hogstead. At what point in that journey did you two connect with each other?
2: Well, (laughs) that's a funny story. I was, uh, the, the short answer is, uh, I was Lindsay's yoga teacher. (laughs) Okay.
3: Scandalous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He was my yoga teacher and I asked him out. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. I always
2: held a very professional, uh, yeah, boundary with my students. I'll say that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we come from, we both are uh, lovers of yoga and that helped align us in a lot of ways with. Wanting to build, you know, a value based on simplicity and connection to the earth, stuff like that. Very cool.
0: Now we have a lot of people who ask us if we ever do goat yoga, and I just <laughs> have to tell them myself I, I really don't know yoga, so I would not be a good person to do that. But uh, maybe maybe you guys would want to come do goat yoga. I guess people <laughs> we could supply the goats. Future collaboration there, maybe. Absolutely, yeah, that would be super fun. Love yeah, that.
3: We're in.
1: So you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the water, that it's drier here than you kind of expected, either with that or other challenges, kind of how are you approaching those challenges in farming like this season currently?
2: Yeah, it definitely has been a challenge with uh, things like germination. Cause even when it does rain here, it seems like it's very light. And, you know, we, we get a lot of heavy, thunderstorms in the midwest and and that really helps uh keep things uh going so um but you know it's weather it's uh and farms are chaotic in general as we all know and and uh so it's definitely uh an approach and mindset of uh kind of embracing that chaos and it's it's easy i think to to say you know. this isn't right. It should be different. And to let that be a source of frustration, whether it's your soil or the seeds or the weather. But I, I think just not letting those things become a source of frustration and, and to, Mm -hmm. to keep that like equanimity, the calm, but tenacious chipping away to try and, and, and reach for those uh, ideals without, pretending like you know every like we live in a perfect world
3: and i think like a big part of our life at Hogstead is like waking up every morning and being like okay what pigs got out like what cow escaped like what chaos is there today like every day we we're just like rolling with the new challenges of of livestock farming because we've both been only doing vegetables it is like Total chaos all the time, at least on our farm. I don't think we have a very good fencing system. It's like we have to have a good sense of humor about it because they're animals contained, but we definitely can't. They're always busting out. And so that's kind of the like challenge, but also sort of the hilarious part about working with animals. It's like just they just keep you on your toes and you just have to have a good attitude about it. Yeah, it turns out they have personalities too. Huh. Yeah, they do. They have preferences. They like to be in certain fields rather than others. Yeah. Always busting out. So that's been that's been kind of a funny like just dimension to this farm. It's like it's just really chaotic. <laughs> well, it seems kind of like you found
1: a good way to handle that though, at least some of the time by trying yeah. to find the humor in it and find the what calm in the eye of the storm, maybe? Yeah totally oh, there you go yeah all right well you mentioned that this is a, a six-month gig for you guys
3: um so what's your vision for your farming as you kind of look ahead our big dream is to go back to St. Louis at the end of the season and we really are scouting out land by um within like an hour of our home in St. Louis City ton of big dreams and a lot of different aspects to our farm like doing workshops and having ecotourism, but we also are learning a lot from this experience that like we have to really start slowly and methodically because we have a lot of grand endeavors, but I think the first step will just be like finding soil, finding land and cultivating the soil for the first year. So what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's the, uh, the old permaculture principle of, uh, slow and small solutions and, definitely, uh, have big dreams of having our own permaculture village, uh, one day, but yeah, for now, I mean, just growing our own food has been a huge gift and like, just so empowering and, um, want to keep that going and, and, uh, definitely finding a little corner of the universe to call our own and to really put our stake in the ground and, and, uh, And building from the ground up uh, will be the next step.
3: Dream I have, and what's been really healing for me, being on this land this summer, as I continue to heal from Lyme disease, is just the sort of the nervous system benefits of being in uh, in nature. And I would love to create a space for people who are recovering from long term illness or cancer to be in nature and to have it affordable, sort of like a woofing model, but doing more resting than working really amazing food for people and a place to rest. Like that would be like a really cool offering. I hope that we can create.
1: That sounds like a really special idea. That's really neat. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah,
0: I know that we really enjoyed when I'm out and visited us on our farm. I felt like that was for us as, as I hope it was for you guys to get off the farm with escaping pigs and (laughs) come hang out down by the river next to the tree of wonders mm-hmm. uh, relaxing and invigorating that hope is that has some return back to you of that i really appreciate everything that you've said I, i'm benefiting just as much as I'm, I'm hoping anybody who would be listening uh would benefit you guys are just exceptional in in what you do and how you communicate it so thank, uh, you. thank you very much So what is something or what are some things that uh, both of you would want or hope that future farmers uh, would know or apply and want to be able to be balanced as they're doing that?
3: Um, That's a good question. I would say that... Just like I think farming has always been the case, it's always been sort of the center point of a community. And so I think asking for help from friends and family is a really valuable thing to do from the beginning. We helped a friend install a backyard food forest a few years ago. And it was like, it was a party. There was beer and food and celebration. And it just really felt like the most meaningful coming together of people we love doing something that's going to offer you know, regenerative food forest for years. So that was really meaningful. And then, you know, I love to make lists and I love to dream about what's possible for our future farm. And a lot of those things we may not have the budget for, or they're kind of unrealistic at the beginning. So I think breaking down your goals into really small segmented, um, smaller goals is a really valuable thing. So you don't get overwhelmed or burned out, but you can kind of have little benchmarks along the way. I think that's been... A really valuable thing that we've we've learned out here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just don't be afraid to get out and make mistakes. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up with uh, an in-depth knowledge of um, of plants or growing, so just to go out and and even if you know you don't have a backyard or a garden, you know, get a get a container and you can grow tomatoes in that and and just start to appreciate the plants and, and how they grow and, and have the curiosity and that will drive you forward and hopefully be therapeutic along the way. And so just enjoying the journey and each step uh, up the mountain. Yeah, don't be afraid to to make mistakes and, and just start small and, and go for it.
3: Yeah, I think there's something really valuable about like mentorship in farming. Um, I know Neat's background includes... A lot of time at earth dance organic farm school in st louis missouri um where they have an apprenticeship program but even finding older sort of wiser farmers around you who can show you the ropes i think is an awesome way to learn some of my most you know oddball pieces of knowledge come from this lady down the street i used to know he was an amazing gardener and just let me um follow her around and ask her questions So just find people in your community like that who seem to know what they're doing a little bit more than you and you will learn so much.
0: That is uh, just ingredients for not just successful farming, but I think just this enjoyment and quality of life that I I really feel a lot of people who come to the farmer's market are looking for. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people who are interested in raising livestock who come out or come out to learn about growing vegetables. They seem to you know, not just want to know how to grow vegetables, but how do you connect and enjoy this, this thing that we call farming? Like, how do you, how do you immerse and be, uh, be filled with joy in what, in what we're doing? So I I really appreciate that you have taken the time to experience this, uh, with your lives and share it. I'm curious, uh, if people listening to this podcast want to find out more about, uh, what you're working on right now and, and into the future, what are what are some ways that they can uh, connect with you and, and what, you're, what you're, you two are doing?
3: Yeah, I think the easiest way to stay in touch with us is probably my Instagram account. I'm a little more active than Nate. And it's just at Wolf, L-I-N-D-S-W-O-L-F-F. And on there, I often put pictures of our farm. And I also have a blog where I write about recovery from Lyme disease and farming, and stuff like that. Um, and I hopefully will have a new website when we get land within the next year or two. And I'm sure that'll be on my Instagram as well.
2: Yeah. Well, and uh, I'll definitely say that I'm looking forward to getting back to earth dance uh, when we get back to St. Louis. Um, so if you're in the St. Louis area, you could find me there. You can find them at earthdancefarms.org
3: and I think Earth Dance is a really amazing template for farmers, um, maybe looking to start apprenticeship programs. They have a really strong, uh, well-funded nonprofit model that is just so successful and really kind of a cornerstone of the St. Louis farming community. Um, so anyone for the in the Pacific Northwest listening that is looking for that model, that would be a really great resource to learn how to farm and maybe spend a year in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You could do that too. <laughs>
0: That sounds awesome. Well, I thank you for, for sharing your uh, personal experiences with Earth Dance. I'll, I'll definitely be taking a look at it. It's something that we notice out here in the Pacific Northwest is uh, there's there are very few uh, farming apprenticeship type uh, mm. uh, programs up there. Uh, mm. So the more the more resources that I feel we can look at to to know more about that, the better. Thank you
3: awesome maybe you guys will start one one day
1: you've shared a lot of really interesting things um we really appreciate that i'm sure we've forgotten something important or just that we don't know what we don't know so what's something that you would really like to share with anyone listening today um about you two about farming about hope for the future what don't we know
3: (laughs) hmm
2: (laughs) (laughs) We, we didn't uh, we didn't discuss this.
3: I well. think, well, I guess in the spirit of the theme of this podcast, we could talk a bit more about just managing like family life and farming. And, and we're so new at that. So I don't even know if we like, have the authority to talk about it, but it's something I really like, I'm curious about, uh, you know, observing other farming families learn how to balance, especially yours. We learned so much from you guys coming to see your land and how you are homeschooling. And, um, and like managing your own business, it's really inspiring. But I think that that is, um, maybe not so much that something we can offer, but something we can just say we're curious about. And this is like part of our whole experiment with farming is like, and homesteading is like how self, how self-sufficient can we be while still being connected to like the culture around us? Um, Because that's an important relationship we really want to protect, just not being so isolated out in the country that we like, don't, you know, we're not part of a larger community. I think you guys are doing that really well with being at the farmer's market and having a presence there. So I guess that's not so much about us as you.
2: (laughs) Well, I can, I can definitely speak to that, too, from my own personal life journey of like, really like diving deep into into yoga and looking for at the time uh, I think an escape from the world and like you know searching for that inner peace but like but like extracting myself out of culture and civilization and and even my family and ultimately at some point along the journey realizing that 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 the, that the world is a gift and that, you know, community is a gift and to not see it as a problem, there's always going to be things that we want to fix or change. Um, but it's not something that we want to, you know, extinguish that it's, that it's integrating into these cultures and communities and families that make us grow stronger and, and, just add to our appreciation of our lives. And so I definitely have noticed that a lot in intentional communities where it's romanticized as a way to get away from uh, our problems. But yeah, we definitely want to create and be a part of a community that is integrating and bridging into, into the larger world for sure.
3: One, I feel like a big component we haven't really talked about is like Nate and I have spent a lot of time this year reading and talking, thinking about climate change. And we really see regenerative farming. Um, not only we see it, like a lot of scientists, climate scientists see it as a major solution to um, reducing carbon in the atmosphere. And so that we are really inspired by the work of, of Paul Hawken who wrote drawdown and he's, Um, writes a lot about regenerative farming and so we wanted to serve like our relationship and our family but i mean regenerative farming is this like powerhouse in terms of climate change solutions so i think that like you know 20 years from now we could be in a really different situation with catastrophic weather um, which would inevitably affect farmers of course so i i feel like a lot of our motives come from from like knowing the position we're in that in 10 years our world could be very different climate wise
1: yeah that that's i think really valuable too i know we see uh, at least part of our role as farmers hoping we can leave this place better than we found it type thing. yeah the legacy of you know soil that's healthier and more productive and more self-sustaining as we move forward through the years so thank you for sharing that that's really neat
0: well, we'll yes.
1: have to make sure that we,
0: we get you guys out here definitely before you go back to Saint Louis, Missouri. I know uh for me I'll be checking out your Instagram. Uh I love Thanks. exploring the world through pictures. I know my wife loves uh doing some blogs. Uh so yeah, we would we would definitely subscribe uh to whatever you guys are uh doing out there. And uh hey if you're coming uh, to the Everett Farmer's Market, we'll, we'll have to find each other because uh, the, all the booth locations have changed. So uh, yeah, maybe I can put in a, a request that, hey, put me next to Hogstead again. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love that. For sure. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful journey uh, uh, together with you guys, and we, we look forward to having lots of touch points in the future
3: awesome thanks so much for our, your time We really appreciate talking to you yeah thanks for joining us
0: yeah awesome. <laughs> well you guys enjoy the rest of your evening get some good rest and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon again thank you sounds sure, great Bye. yeah ciao hey before